Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to What Culture Gaming, I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello Scott. Josh, my friend, we all gathered for another piece of news, but first I must point out that we're sponsored by Logitech. They sent over some lovely um, G935 headphones um, with a lovely bit of, uh, you know, extendable, extendable microphone thing on the side here and some lovely lights, which I'll do a little bit of show off. Look at them, you've hey, got them as well. Nice. I, can't, a, I can barely see what you're doing, Scott, but I'm sure it's beautiful and excellent and shows <laughs> off these lovely headphones as good as possible. It's a lovely time. and We did um, a Resident Evil 7 blindfold stream you can also check out where we tried to be, and we did manage to beat Jack Baker entirely blindfolded just using the headsets. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about them at the end because the news itself is a big old deal. Um, turns out uh, Casey Hudson and Mark Dara have both left Bioware. Um, Casey Hudson, you might know from the Mass Effect trilogy. Dude was the executive producer on the original trilogy. Um, he left Bioware in 2014. He came back in 2017, um, he then led Anthem <laughs> as best as he could, um, and eventually, um, as of uh, last night, he's left Bioware alongside Mark Dara. Um, Dara is the dude that was um, not necessarily created Dragon Age, but he's been an executive producer on the entire on their both games. He's always been chipping in with that franchise, um, and both of their um, departures were announced by EA, EA executive Laura Meal, um, which I thought was a weird beat. They sort of announced it on the Bioware mm -hmm. blog, but it was EA saying like, "Oh, you know, they're actually going to choose to go on and do other things," um, and they're are quotes from uh, both Casey and Mark. Um, with <laughs> one point in uh, Casey's one, he just says, I still have a tremendous amount of energy to create, um, but also I need to try something different. I'm not sure exactly what that is yet, but I know that I want to start by rediscovering my creative passion through more personal work. Um, now, it is, obviously, we'll get your thoughts and stuff on it, but things like that, I'm like, okay, you didn't have something lined up. Like, they're very much, you know, retirements, and their statements are filled with, don't worry, guys, it's all going to be okay. Mass Effect Dragon Age will continue. But it's all a bit weird. Yeah, 100%, Scott. And I mean, especially because this is the second time that Casey Hudson has left. I think he originally mm. left in um, 2014, came yep. back in 2017. Obviously, like you said, um, tried to steal Anthem and stuff and then has left again. And it just doesn't bode well, I think, for like Bioware in general, no matter the studio, whether it's like Bioware Edmonton, Bioware Austin or whatever, mm. because every single report from, um, you know, Bioware is an entire kind of business and institution has just sort of been damning you know we had the kotaku reports we had everything about mass effect andromeda everything about anthem all of the deep dives into the mismanagement at the top level like you know creatives coming and going on these projects mm -hmm. and it feels like nothing has really um being done to stop that and it makes me just kind of worry about the future of these franchises and the studio in general because you know I have such a fondness for Bioware you know obviously the people there are trying their hardest to create really good games they've got really good IPs and people are looking forward to Dragon Age 4 people are looking forward to whatever the new Mass Effect turns out to be the Mass Effect Legacy <laughs> Edition that's coming out mm -hmm. in 2021 
and to see like creatives continue to leave again in such a kind of strange way like this where it is very sort of corporate mandated it's like when the mcu gets like rid that. of people for creative differences which is so vague that it's like what does that mean what has actually gone on <laughs> what's happening well the thing is so, um, yeah I started trying to look, because obviously I'm going to get into, because um, we, we just had the announcement of another Mass Effect. Like, yes, there was the Mass yeah. Effect Legendary Edition, which is the original trilogy, um, sort of remastered for the most part with 2 and 3 with Mass Effect 1, receiving apparently like a hell of a lot more work uh, to bring it up to speed. Assumedly, that'll be modernizing or, or bringing into line the um, the shooting aspects and things like that, maybe uh, make it more in line with Mass Effect 2 and 3. Um, and then alongside that trilogy thing was, you know, we're doing the next proper Mass Effect and it's with a veteran team. Um, and, you know, I'm sure it was Casey Hudson who's had a statement alongside that saying like we can't wait to get stuck back in and it's a it's a veteran team and you know they just announced this stuff at n7 day which was like a few weeks ago yeah and so for it all to happen now where like he's like oh actually i'm gonna go focused on some personal work and it's what i want to do and whatever it kind of feels a hell of a lot more sudden it kind of feels like they were potentially forced out i mean it's not like ea haven't done this stuff before um and been extremely brazen with you know in the likes of amy hennig when uh, amy hennig when she was trying to get her star wars game off the ground um, and there's that whole meeting that kotaku wrote up where ea was saying like you know, FIFA makes us X million uh, dollars a year. Uh, yeah. Where's your version of that for this game? And um, I did find, um, I remember, you know, there was one of the um, talking points around the next Dragon Age was Casey Hudson saying that it's going to be a live service game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he did clarify that. He tweeted saying, like, look, all I meant was that we were going to do continual storytelling after launch. It wasn't necessarily relating to, you know, monetization or something like that. Um, but at the same time, um, EA have been very vocal about saying that this is the way that their games are going to go and that they're going to have, you know, all these sort of monetizable elements going forward so i don't know to me just me it feels like there's a clash between the way someone like or people like casey hudson and mark darrow would would want their franchises to go um versus the reality of having ea as your publisher yeah i think that's always been like a major issue at the heart of this and we've Mm. only seen that kind of wedge become expanded as the years have gone on like we saw it creeping into mass effect 3 with the multiplayer mode which was good but did Mm -hmm. feel kind of like a mandate, like they mandated the multiplayer to be on Probably Dead Java Space 2 DLC like was always insane. Yeah, yeah, you know, that first, that, the day one DLC, you know, season passes, stuff like that. It's been creeping in for a long time. Obviously, mm. that kind of culminated in a way with Anthem, which was very much this live service thing that, that, according to reports, was built essentially in like a year, a year and a half, like even though it was in development for about five years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, that kind of, um, you know, distinction between what EA likes, which is these monitors monetizable services that they can push for years and years and people will be playing together with their friends and talking about it and buying skins or whatever combined to what people really love about Bioware fundamentally which is these story-driven character-driven single-player RPGs for the most part and it's not like they have to be pigeonholed into that mold forever they can do whatever they want if they really want to do a live service game then all the power to them you know what I mean but it's kind of it's always felt like a mismatch because when it comes to like the drive in what they want to do at least from the messaging that you know fans like me and you see it's always seemed like this weird kind of like half step or this half measure where they're saying mm. yeah we're going to include live elements but also like, don't worry about them this just a little <laughs> of dragon age because it's dragon age we're still not going to go too far from the roots but at the same time we're we all really looking are down, though yeah. yeah we really are we are looking down um multiplayer offerings i mean you even saw it with like the um the messaging for Anthem where they were coming out and they were saying, yes, it's it's a live service, we're doing multiplayer, it's going to be good, but don't worry, we've got a, like, a character-driven, a really strong single-player story. And obviously, 
that didn't. didn't necessarily turn out um, to be true. <laughs> and we've seen a bunch of creatives leave, leave before. Like I said before, Kissy Hudson, this is the second time he's left. Mm. Mike Laidlaw, who was you know a major executive on Dragon Age before the current Dragon Age executive mm-hmm. left, he left um, a few years ago well, as well. There's like, I mean, Drew Carpersham was a massive one. Like the lead yeah. writer on Mass Effect 2 was replaced by Mark Wallace towards the end of Mass Effect 2. Um, and Mark Wallace sort of got that game over the finish line, but Carpersham left and then he came back um, and then left again during Anthem. Um, where it's just like the way Anthem rolled out I get that if you read you know the behind the scenes stuff it was very much direct, it was very much a product of mismanagement on Bioware's part but I just have to it's it's, 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 it's a hell of a coincidence if uh, Bioware taking a hell of a nosedive only coincides with EA starting to try and run them a hell of a lot more because um, yeah. there's also even back in 2012 the original Bioware founders um, I always get their names wrong um, it's uh, I think it's um, Greg Mazuka and no it's Ray Mazuka and Greg Zeshuk um, they're the two doctors that formed Bioware mm-hmm. back in the day um, they left in 2012 um, which again is right around that period when like I said the, the, the curve started to appear the downward curve um, it's worth pointing out um, that uh, Mark Dara has been there for um, almost 20 years um, he was the executive producer on uh, Dragon Age He's lead, he was lead programmer on Baldur's Gate Jade Empire he was a programmer on Neverwinter Nights and um, he's a special he had a special thanks for Mass Effect um, it's just that whole sort of idea of like the, this veteran team kind of the same way as in uh, Rockstar's case where these people that were there for that initial run because um, the Bioware run of the 2000s is will go on to even you know only will become increasingly more legendary like that yeah. whole Knights of the Old Republic Jade Empire Baldur's Gate like that whole late 90s 2000s run like Mass Effect and everything um, is insane um, less said about the Sonic RPG which I did see <laughs> uh, Mark Darrow was also <laughs> involved in that um, he did what he could um, but yeah it's um, worth quickly pivoting into the state of Bioware now because the statements from both of these people do say like look there's a lot of encouraging stuff going forward don't worry it's not on fire we just want to go and do yeah. something else and um, if you take them at their word then it's just two people bowing out because you know it's a 25th anniversary and they're about mm-hmm. to go do other things and everything's fine um, so um, some staff that are still uh, there one is Mark Walters like I said he's the guy that took over Mass Effect 2 um, very divisive dude in the fandom but I think that um, a lot of people just wanted someone to blame after Mass Effect 3 um, yeah. and as much as Casey Hudson took the brunt of that um, a lot of it sort of went on to Mark Walters um, and Walters also wrote Mass Effect Andromeda or at least was a lead writer on Mass Effect Andromeda um, so I guess it's quite easy to sort of point the finger at him but he was still instrumental across the original trilogy it's not like he doesn't have cred um, it's just that I guess like you know it's easy to point the finger another one as well is Patrick Weeks um, they are a veteran writer on the trilogy they're on the new project um, also on the Dragon Age side um, Dara pointed out that Matthew Goldman is uh, the creative director he's another veteran staffer who's been there since the beginning um, and actually no what are your thoughts on that stuff because I've got one more person um, but what's your thoughts on Mark Walters Mr. Mr. Mass Effect 3 Mr. Andromeda taking the baton and running yeah, it yeah I mean even though I was deeply in the Mass Effect fandom at the time Scott Tailford I know there's a lot of hatred towards um, this writer in particular and uh-huh. I don't fully know 100% why I know it's because you know obviously Drew Carpishan had a lot of ideas for what Mass Effect 3 was going to be you know the mm. future of Mass Effect uh, they bowed out at the end of the second game and stuff and it's like it's cool it's cool to have like these original um, you know Bioware employees and creatives and executives and stuff working on these new franchises but ultimately I feel like all, all Bioware needs is like a strong creative lead like mm. it doesn't really matter I'm not, I'm not someone who's here like Bioware can never change it needs to be the exact same employee 
employees who made you know Jade Empire or Baldur's Gate or whatever like <laughs> decades ago. Uh-huh. Like that's not true. Like we've seen new blood come into studios over and over again, and and those studios continue to make games. I don't think we should be inherently worried when people leave. For me, the issue here isn't that there's only a few people of the veteran team left or whatever. Yeah. It's 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 always the messaging of how much. Um, the studio and the philosophy of studio jars with like the publisher's intentions and how much the people at the studio are wanting to make a game that is kind of different to what the you know the higher ups want it to be and stuff and the friction that ultimately results in games like Andromeda which have a lot of ambition have a lot of like creativity and strong aspects to them like there's genuinely a lot to love I think about Andromeda but there's also yeah. you know, a lot of it that looks nice. potential. It looks nice, but I do think there's a nugget of something in there is what mm-hmm. I mean. Obviously, it wasn't realized. Obviously, there was problems with the project, but there are obviously talented people working at BioWare. And like mm-hmm. um, Patrick Weeks said, it's like, a, it's like a team effort there. You know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, it's, it's, I just, it's hard to believe <laughs> it when, 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 I don't know, I don't want to like add I, like conspiracies to the fire or whatever but it's always hard to believe when executives leave especially mm-hmm. after just coming back and only really shipping one project that they're like doing it like amicably you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's, it's always like well what's what's the the real reason you know what I mean because it's always I'm, so yeah shady. I'm interested to see how it goes I mean I remember when uh, Cliff Brzezinski left Gears and obviously Rod Ferguson stayed but we've got like you know like Gears 4 and 5 are so much fresher and so much less like yeah. you know like uh, uh, tudinal as the original trilogy and I love the original trilogy um, but like it's that whole thing of like you, it, it can work without this sort of lead creator like I remember um, David Jaffe leaving God of War um, obviously Cory Barlog like you yeah. know could not have done better with where hey, he took God of War. Um, so there's always that. Um, on the Dragon Age side, um, Dara points out that Christian Daly is the new uh, creative director. Um, he's the person that has the least experience. If you go on like Moby Games, look at his history, what he's done before. Um, and I did see uh, Forbes did a whole write-up on like, why is this dude in charge of this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, saying that Christian Daly has seen a meteoric, improbable rise from being in charge of Anthem's live updates after launch to then the 2.0 reboot um, to now apparently leading the highest profile project the studio has. Um, that could be some necessary young blood in you know the Dragon Age space, and maybe that's what it needs. Um, I do think it's weird though because Bioware, in regards to Dragon Age, put the trailer out um, against EA's wishes just because they wanted to prove that they had something in the pipeline back yeah. in that post Andromeda conversation of you know are they dead? Are they going to go away? And they just put something out there to announce it, um, so that at least there would be it would be a more I mean, a much bigger high profile disaster if they then got canned by EA. Yeah, it's. It's it's such a str- I'm in such a strange position position here, Scott Taylor, mm. because I see this news break, and obviously it's like you said, it's like meteoric. It feels huge. It's like oh my god, is this the end of Bioware or whatever? Mm. However, hy- hyperbolic you want to be, but at the same time, like thinking about their recent projects and stuff, thinking about Anthem, thinking about Andromeda, I'm like, sometimes maybe maybe it is time for something new. Maybe it's time to stop like having this friction at the heart of these projects. Maybe it's time mm. for someone new to come in and kind of be the one to steer the ship and make it right or something because even with like Anthem and Dragon Age so far we've we've only really got promises we've got promises that Anthem 2.0 is going to be this amazing thing and it's going to save that IP we've got promises that Dragon Age 4 is going to be exactly how you think it's going to be but like you said we've only seen like a trailer in a few um, screen grabs I think it was from the last EA player of like this project and it's so much is riding on these projects and mm-hmm. It's, I'm just so conflicted, man, because I'm like, on the one hand, you see these people going, and I'm like, well, 
that that's that's those projects ruined. <laughs> but at the, on the other hand, there's still a bunch of people there and people that they could bring in mm-hmm. that could you know make really good games. Hopefully, steal the ship. And I want to believe that after Anthem, after Andromeda, that EA has at least got the me- memo too, and like they're not going to repeat those same mistakes mm. and just drive another studio into the ground like they did with Visceral or whatever before, uh, you know, so many studios beforehand. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the more you look into Bioware's history and the more you look at the cross-pollination of staff, like, it's not, it wasn't, Casey Hudson did not give us Mass Effect, like, it was always a team of yeah. people, it was always more than just him, Drew Carbishin, Mark Walters, um, Michael Aitlow, whatever, like, th- there are enough staff there, it's also the same with, um, I, I, well, this is a weird example because I don't think Konami can do another Metal Gear without Kojima because <laughs> there's so much of him in there, but even on the Kojima side, it wasn't just him, he had a co-writer yeah. throughout the, the, the the run of Metal Gear. It's not like he didn't have a staff, um, a team of people. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a thing. Let us know what you think down in the comments below to, uh, as to the future of Bioware, the future of Mass Effect, and the future of Dragon Age. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about these headphones, though, uh, only for sort of 30 seconds for a minute or so, because um, they're pretty damn cool. You're coming through clearer than ever, Mr. Josh Brown. <laughs> it's nice doing them, because I don't have to do my hair either. I can just whack these bad bads <laughs> on and just have a go. Although I do want to like quickly point something out before we leave, mm. and that's how terrible your um, instructions were, Scott, when we did that Resident Evil stream. What's I this? had to. What's like, this? You were supposed to be helping. I, did? And I literally just had to rely entirely on the headphones to get through, which you know I did eventually. Got the worst time, partly because of you, but I don't think I would have finished it if I actually couldn't hear Do where Jack Baker was coming from. That you didn't walk backwards when I said run forward, and you didn't shoot the gun when I said run forward and shoot the gun. That you were walking backwards around the corner, Josh Brown, because that's exactly a, what you did. It was a stressful time. I could just hear <laughs> him breathing down my neck. You know what I mean? Like I don't <laughs> react well under pressure, especially when Jack Baker is trying to make me mulch trying to feed you someone's spine left right and center you, you can't get enough of it but yeah you got uh, yeah i was gonna say anyone who is obviously still sticking around on this video you can go over and watch our resident evil blindfolded stream uh with, with the power of these headphones we managed to get through um and we all you know registered a time jgb was just a little bit over just a little smidge <laughs> he got there he still defeated him um and also and um, there's a link down in the description uh, which is an affiliate link if you follow that and that helps us with the channel it helps us with our sponsorship type stuff and maybe we'll be able to do more things like this um so yes let us know anything down in the comments below of all the mass Effect type stuff, all the Bioware type stuff, and all of uh, whatever you think of these fancy headsets. For now, I've been Scott from Culture.com. I've been Josh from Culture.com. And we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.